0: Welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is a show that gives you insights and resources in how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome, and let's get started. Well, we're cooking along with Season 2 here, and some of our upcoming episodes will have us talking with my good friend John Wilson about how to live a mythic life. We'll be also speaking with comedian and Tonight Show writer Frank King about better mental health for men. And we're going to have upcoming episodes around archetypes and how to work with them. And we'll catch up with another futurist about navigating these strange times with wisdom and vision. If you have a guest that you'd like to see on Basecamp for Men, maybe an author and a thought leader or even someone you've heard on another podcast, feel free to contact me with your recommendation at tony at com. And if we get your guest on, I'll give you a shout-out in that episode, so thank you. And as promised, here is part two of my interview with our friend Jeff Pereira. We just did an episode, The Measure of Men, just a couple episodes ago. And Jeff and I look at some of the questions that him and I get asked about men and why do men do what they do. Why do men send dick pics, for instance? Why do men react with rage so often when they get triggered? and a couple others. And as two men that write on male psychology and the inner lives of men, I thought you might find it interesting to hear our takes on some of these. And then we also pay homage to the great Muhammad Ali. So enjoy. Here is part two of my interview with our friend Jeff Pereira. um, I don't know. I, I just, and there's something really pure about uh, the love between two friends mm-hmm. um i remember sam keen wrote about this he said you know men and women um you know y- y- you can be your wife or your partner could be your best friend your female partner but there's always complications with men and women you know there's sex mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. there's just there's just all these things and your wife's gonna you know there's always power struggle in marriages that in a way the love between two friends is pure because I don't really expect anything from you that way. Like if you show Mm -hmm. up and you, and you love Mm -hmm. me, like for who I am, that's all I really require. Like, I just, you know, and I just think it's really easy to have like this kind of easy affinity in friendships that is maybe more challenging in your romantic relationships because of all the complications. And I think, you know,
1: when we learn to kind of express, how much we care about each other, it just deepens and strengthens our relationships as men, our friendships, right? Like I think like you're you're speaking about that kind of conditioning that we have where we're we're taught that opening up and sharing, it's a transactional thing. Like I do this in exchange for romantic or sexual traction right, right, right. or, or interaction, right? So yep. like two guys sitting in a car, um, one of them starting to open up, one of them might start feeling like, oh. Okay, hey, this is feeling kind of gay. Like I don't know what's going on here, right? It's like so right. quickly need to reassert this. Like, okay, I got to man up. Like, what's going on here? You know, and it's like no, it's it's okay. Like it's it's okay for us to kind of open up and share with each other and talk. And I think it's, I think it's a beautiful thing. Like, and I think we need more of it because that that it's not just about ourselves. If we really care about the people in our lives, mm-hmm. thinking about how you know a lot of us break down uh, health wise, a lot of that has to do with Trauma that we hold inside and hurt and things that we're afraid or ashamed of talking about, and we don't realize that the other person's like, "Hey, I'm here for that, man. I've wanted to talk about this too. You know, yeah. I've, I've struggled with how to how to start that conversation." So, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, um, th- there's a line I love. Uh, Susan David is a Harvard psychologist, and she said this line. I have it on my wall. It says, "Discomfort is the price of admission." to a meaningful
0: life i I like that i love
1: that yeah such a good line
0: well and you and i both get asked our fair share of questions about men i know i get asked by the women in my life why do men dot 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 and Mm -hmm. i think because i've written a book for men i'm sure you get asked this a lot as the leader of what makes a man conference but i get asked why do men do this why do men do that so I thought it'd be interesting to just ask you some of the questions that maybe we get asked. Uh, and I'll start mm-hmm. with a kind of a funny one. Why do men send dick pics?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is one where I don't have the, the quick elevator pitch kind of answer to it, you know? Like, I yeah. think there's so much going on. Like, And and I, I, I want to kind of, I do want to, on one hand, want to show kind of a bit of understanding, but also I think we need to kind of, as men, own some of the, the impact. <laughs> well, not do it, absolutely, right? Because, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, usually what happened it. yeah. it's early on in meeting someone, you know, like maybe yeah. you, you matched on a dating app and the guy will just drop it on a person, you know, and yeah. it's it's this kind of like this equivalent of back in the day, that stereotype of the guy in the overcoat just flashing people, you know, yeah. there's this kind of, I, I think part of it is because we don't have the tools for many of us as guys don't have the tools to have that kind of those kind of moments, those kind of honest, vulnerable conversations and not sure how to go there. That kind of feeling of the fragility and wanting Mm -hmm. to move this into a direction that's more sexual or sexualized, you know, and it's, it's really tricky. I I think that, I think part of it is like acknowledging that more men do it than we realize Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's a conversation that we can have with each other, you know, really. And again, like, I know it's like simple to say, just don't do it. And I say, don't do it. Right. But I think really diving into why it is that we do things
0: like that. You know, we meet each other. You know how I answer this one. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I love my dick. That's one thing, but I don't want, but I don't, I don't want to send pictures all over the place. And what I, (laughs) what I tell the what I tell the women about, I say, well, as men, we, we have some collective arrested development around sex. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of men that carry, you know, we're running around there like a, like a 14-year-old or 15-year-old sexually. We might be really accomplished in our career, but sexually we haven't grown out of of kind of an adolescence. And then I also say like sometimes it's just a man's deep need to be seen. Right, it's like yeah. you know he really wants yeah. to be seen. I mean, we all want to be seen. It's it's granted, it's an unusual way to go about it, but I just start to think what's what's the need that the man's not getting? He wants to be admired. He wants to be seen. He wants to be seen as sexually, you know, virile or you know, I don't know. There's there's a yeah. lot of things that I can relate to. Um, and I don't send those because a I'm married I have no one to send him to and b it's just not really appropriate you know it's like yes. I've grown out of that so yes yeah.
1: you know that's 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 that's
0: absolutely wonderful that's a great perspective on it for sure and then okay so then let's look at some other questions why do men react with rejection with verbal or physical violence you know have you ever seen have you ever seen a uh, Scarface
1: classic classic film right so you remember there's a scene where um tony's best friend manolo like they're climbing like i got the ladder of manhood idea from scarface honestly because you know his whole thing of first you get the money then you get the power then you get the respect but before that that line there's a scene where they're kind of coming up and uh, now they're in miami you know and they're they're at the beach and they're sitting around they're talking about how to pick up women Mm -hmm. and uh, tony turns like manolo his best friend's like how look at her look at her what about her and tony turns around it's like hey uh you want to go get some ice cream you know yeah. and his friend's like what are you doing you can't talk to these american women like that right he's like you know what you got to do and he shows me flicks his tongue and tony's like yeah. you know oh what what is that like it's like a lizard. what's wrong with you yeah. you know I'm like, yeah i remember and so, that scene yeah. yeah so he's like he's like watch watch this so he goes up to this woman and tony watches right and He gets a kid. He's like, says the kid, remember, he says to the kid, You want to see something funny? Watch my friend here. He's going to try to meet this woman. So he sits down next to the woman. And then, like, all of a sudden, sure enough, like, you can't hear what they're saying, but he flicks his tongue and she smacks him, you know? So Tony goes to collect his buddy and they walk away. And he turns around. He's like, you know, bitch, you know, lesbian, you know? So I call that the save face. Yeah. Right? Like, I think it's this quick moment where, you know, when we open, and you talked about this, like, the, being seen and putting yourself out there and risking rejection. Cause I think for men, like we're taught that we need to win all the time. Like you need to always and that means when it comes when it comes to sex too. You know, yeah. so that means there's no mistakes. So anything like not getting the girl, erectile dysfunction, these are all things that are like they're not just like, oh that sucks. It's like it's soul crushing. Like I'm a failure mm-hmm. as a man.
0: You know, so I see men uh uh having that kind of violent reaction Often, when they've been shamed, when they feel shame about something, rather Mm. than say, because it's it's shame is difficult. It's a it's a difficult emotion to understand and to track in you. Even in my own experience, I will often go to anger rather than say, "Whoa, I felt ashamed. I felt a tinge of shame when you when my wife, let's say, she said something to me, and I feel a little embarrassed or a little ashamed of something." Rather than Mm -hmm. say, rather than feel really wounded by that. I could go into you know, like fuck off, you know, like piss off, yeah, you know, like get yeah. get away from me, almost as a defensive measure to give myself breathing room. And I think I see that in a lot of the men that I know that I'm around and close to that anger, mm. um, and is often like almost like a porcupine or a defense against like the the vulnerable underbelly of feeling shamed. That's so good, man. Like shame is such a big, it is a huge roadblock for us as men. I think it's such
1: a mm-hmm. big barrier you know, and, and I think it the, when we learn to name our feelings, like you were doing, right, like identifying what am I feeling right now, you know, and it's, again, like you said, it's not always easy, especially in the moment, but I think if we can sit back and reflect on it or reflect with the with the buddy and think about it, you know, it, it, shame is such a, a ruling part of what we do, you know, or why we do what we do, you know, and so I think that's an answer to a lot of these questions, and I think that when we can kind of come to terms with, well, why am I feeling what I'm feeling? And well, what can I do about it? You know, that, that'll help us get through a lot of this.
0: Why do men act so cocky is another question.
1: I think, again, it's this this performance piece, right? Like I, I need to be seen as this thing that you want me to be, whether it's what I think I need to be or what I think you want me to be. And I need to kind of, you know, protect that kind of, what you want to call it, inner child or that those inner wounds that we have, because again, the performance piece is so big. A lot of us as guys are like actors, you know, like it's yeah. so much of everyday life is about this performance and bravado and it looks different in different cultures and around the world mm-hmm. and you recognize it, you know, you see it. I, I, used to, I used to, in my talks, I'd show clips from movies and TV shows, but I think that when we have those examples, we can kind of identify and be like, okay, that's like my buddy or I'm like that. You know, we see it in ourselves. Sometimes it's, again, the shame of having that conversation, but being able to recognize, well, why is it we do that, you know? And and I think part of it is, you know, just owning it, owning that, you know, sometimes that's a thing we do. And being assertive is not a bad thing, you know? I think it's important to also identify, you know, like Mm -hmm. having self-confidence. But I think there's this balance between, just trying to find the harmony between being confident and assertive and also being humble and and, and navigating humility too. Right. So not easy. And I think, you know, we do a disservice. We try to make it sound like it's a simple feat, but uh, it's an ongoing process. I think we're trying to learn.
0: Well, I I think you you touched on something there that it's the humility piece that comes with maturing as a man. I think, you know, I was a young Mm. cocky, jock you know and, yeah. and it worked for me it got me it got me a lot of the things that i wanted and and i could kind of pass for a young man while i was figuring things out it's like if i can project all this confidence like you said performative stuff um mm-hmm. it worked for me up to a point until it was just it wasn't cutting it it wasn't i wasn't able to meet the next challenges of my hero's journey with a cocky facade you know that was not going to mm. cut it i i needed to get down to what was really going on what was really underneath what makes a man not this cocky i hope you don't you know poke at me or have it fit. You know, I hope you don't figure out that I don't have it figured out. Cause I don't, I'm just right. making it up and I'm just modeling. I see cocky athletes and I'm just kind of doing my version of that, hoping that you'll admire me or respect me or include me in the male tribe, whatever that means. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: When it's when, again, it's just like, Hey, I'm trying to figure this out just like you are, you yeah. know? So I, I think that's where, again, when we, we can try to be a bit more authentic with one another, we can really help each other get through this stuff.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. There's so much more power in in the in being authentic with other men because they've all got it going underneath. You know, there's always the fear and and shame and sadness, all these undertows of emotion and emotional awareness that are right there for us to sort of start to utilize and grow our emotional intelligence, grow our heart space, our ability to speak from the heart, uh, uncensored. I think there's, I think there's a part we we touched on a little bit earlier where I think men have to give themselves permission to care, you know, Mm -hmm. in the broadest sense, care about what's happening in the world, care about the planet, care about the women and the children, Mm -hmm. ourselves to get our arms around one another rather than, um, you know, we're so used to competing for money and for status and for jobs, for, for partners And how do we start to drop all the ego and really start to see that this is one tribe that we share. And there's a lot of wisdom emerging right now that's super encouraging. Um, But how do you you and I as facilitators of this continue to do our work in it, right?
1: I think so because so much is surfacing in our world, like people's realities and experiences, what also is surfacing is our reaction to it, whether we care or don't care, you know? And I think that a lot of the things that we're hearing, like whether it's the you know, the Me Too movement or racial mm-hmm. injustice, yep. it's not that people don't know. I think that they know it's real. It's it's whether or not they care enough to do right. something about it, right? So I think it's that empathy deficit that we have and trying to, in a, in our society, try to, grow that understanding like how this is we're all interconnected and how it impacts us all you know and how we can make a difference
0: and make an impact so absolutely hey you and i are both huge muhammad ali fans i see yes he is one of my all-time favorite americans favorite human beings um i just love him he he always exemplified everything you and i have just talked about you know Mm -hmm, and i mm -hmm. so i wanted to give you a chance to just say what has he meant to you as you started to maybe come across his words or his life story? Or, um, I mean, I can just look at a picture of Muhammad Ali and I feel um, like my courage grows in my heart, you know what I mean? So I don't know what he means to you or, you know, he's such a, he's almost like an avatar, you know, for people. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's a huge, in so many different ways. I remember as a kid growing up and watching, I don't know. What was it Wide World of Sports or something on ABC mm-hmm. on Saturdays? You know, and yep. seeing seeing the Ali fights, and he was mythical. Like he was this, yeah. he was this mythic warrior, and he was he was also hilarious. Like he was so funny and entertaining, and he was electric. And you know, yeah. I, I'm I'm a huge fan of hip hop, and he was such a big part of like the the kind of the foundation of hip hop culture with that kind of bravado uh, yeah. and and assertiveness. But a part of that is also, you know, because I talk about the ladder of manhood and you know, it's about being a man and seeing as a man, but for example, black men aren't even seen as men. Mm-hmm. So that bravado is kind of like to double down on, not only am I, I am a man, but not only am I, am I a man, I am the man. Like Ooh. I'm better than you. I'm smarter than you, fast, blah, blah, blah. and so there's you know, so many great Aldi quotes, you know, and like, there's a bunch of them that As I started to learn about him and I read about him growing up as an adult in different stages of my life, and especially after he passed away, like I really deep dived into reading about him, you know, and I wrote a piece about him for my higher learning site. And there's a few quotes that really, you know, resonate for me. Um, One that people know the service you do for others is the rent you pay for your room here on earth. Mm -hmm. You know, there's another one I love where he says, I don't have to be what you want me to be. I'm free to be what I want. Um, Mm -hmm. But one that he said that I loved, he talked about like true potential is reaching our potential without compromising our values. Mm -hmm. And, And you think about this guy who became the champion of the world. And I think, you know, boxing is obviously not what it was back in the day. But to be the heavyweight champion of the world was like, it was... It was epic, like it was like a, you know, superhero, literal superhero, you know, yeah. and and he walked away from the belt, like he walked yeah, away absolutely. from it as a matter of his, you know, Michelle Obama recently in a speech she talked about character, like matters of character, and and this is a man of character, and Jesse Ventura in a in an interview, he talks about that and says like, this is a man of his convictions, you know, and if I could be half that man. To walk away from everything because this is what matters to me this is what I value and this is what's important. Like, I think that's, oh, he's just a mountain of a human He had being. it all.
0: I mean, he not only changed the narrative around um, black men and blacks, uh, he changed the narrative mm-hmm. around the Vietnam, Vietnam War. Um, mm-hmm. He was like, People admired not only his skill as a boxer, um, how eloquent he was. Like you said, he basically birthed hip hop and rap with his, <laughs> you know, with his rhyming. Yeah. But then I remember seeing um, a documentary or a television show about him, and when he first won the heavyweight title, and everybody's like, "Hey, Muhammad, we're gonna all go down and celebrate down to the club," and he respectfully declined to go out with his entourage. And instead he went back home to his hotel and he phoned his mother and they, and he, and the way he was speaking with, I can barely tell the story without getting moved by mm. it because the way that he was talking to his mother was just like, you know, my sweet bird, my sweet mom, I'm so happy. You know, I mean, he was just so sweet yeah. talking to her and just all this love in his heart. And I just remember going, this guy had every single trait that you would want as a man. I mean, he's yeah. humble he loves the feminine. Uh, uh, he's in his heart. He stands by his values. Yet he's he's the heavyweight champ. He's like the the, the best fighter in the world. He's it's everything rolled into one, right? Absolutely. So, and yeah. I think
1: you know, like you know, if you think of your life as like a ring and getting in, showing up, getting in the ring, like he demonstrated mm-hmm. courage in the ring, but also courage outside of the ring. Absolutely. You know, and like all these different ideas of what strength can look like for us yep. as men. So yeah, huge. Huge role
0: model for me. Huge inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. So, Jeff, is are there any creative projects that you would like our listeners to know about as we wrap up? Do you got anything coming up that um, that you want them to know about? This will be airing pretty soon. So,
1: I'm working on a, a bunch of different writing pieces that I hope to have come out and talking a bit about some of the things that we've gone over. Like you know, for me, talking about emotional literacy um, is a big thing. So, I'm writing a piece about men building emotional muscle. I'm writing a, a piece also about, uh, you know, again, like we talked about this thing of like why we do as men what we do, and how we can kind of learn and grow from, you know, everyday lessons and takeaways from, uh, in this case, the pandemic. You know how we, um, how we kind of are so mindful of physical space and personal space, and take a look at well, let's be mindful of, you know, for cis and trans women, for example, like how they navigate the world every day and mm-hmm. what personal space looks like for them, and how we can you know contribute to having a positive impact on everybody and being mindful of you know like when people have to layer up layer up emotionally it's kind of like i described as emotional ppe you know so it's i want to talk a bit about that you know and how we can kind of create environments where people feel that they can trust us and be themselves around us and kind of de-layer
0: if you will you know let us in their bubble and we can let them in our bubbles well, that's, that's awesome. I can't wait to hear about the, I think it's probably going to be a book, right? It sounds like it.
1: <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm chipping away at a book as well. That's, that's a, you know, a project that's kind of a, a long-term goal, but um, sure it is. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah.
0: Jeff, thanks so much for coming on Basecamp for men. It was absolute pleasure to have you on um, come back again and speak with us anytime. And on behalf of men, thank you so much for the what makes a man conference and all the work you do on behalf of men. It, it, definitely makes a big difference. And it's great to have voices out there like yours. So thank you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: You bet. I hope you enjoyed the second half of my interview with our friend Jeff Pereira. Jeff's website, writing and blog are at www.higherunlearning.com. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors, and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Basecamp for Men.